0: Welcome back to Deconstructive Criticism. My name is Aaron Flam. This episode's guest is Canadian comedian and enfant terrible Jason Rouse. Today's conversation will be about Jason, where he comes from, how he became a comedian, and why he decided to record his special in Denmark, of all places. You see, the interview was recorded in Los Angeles, Monday, the 6th of January 2020. When I booked the trip to LA in the summer of 2019, I booked direct flights from Sweden back. Coming to Los Angeles was a direct flight on December 26th of 2019, but my flight on the way back was changed. The reason for this is that during fall, Stockholm lost the direct line to Los Angeles, and that line now goes from Copenhagen, Denmark, rather than Stockholm, LA. And so, on my return from America, I had the privilege of flying on the premier flight, inaugurating the new line. Earlier Sweden had lost the fashion week to Copenhagen and this episode's guest Jason Rouse chose to record his comedy special in Copenhagen rather than Stockholm, despite having lived in Sweden for years previously in his life. It was when he lived in Stockholm that I and Jason got to know each other. I don't want to make too much of Sweden losing out on a direct flight between L.A. and Stockholm since I don't fly to L.A. on a regular basis, but taken together with a lot of other small things, it seemed to be a sign of the times. Sweden, once the cultural superpower of Scandinavia, has been losing out for years and it also seems that we are losing to Denmark in film, TV, comedy and now flights. I wanted to interview Jason for two reasons. The first reason is that I have always loved Jason's comedy and I wanted to know more about him. But unfortunately, Jason suffers from a condition that makes it nigh on impossible for him to be serious for more than a few seconds at a time. And the second is that I wanted to know his reason for recording his comedy special in Copenhagen, Denmark, rather than Stockholm, Sweden, where he had a base for so many years and know quite a few people. Jason Rouse's The Jester from Hell, where I suppose is where he also buys his clothes, he describes himself as a renegade touring stand-up comedian, taking the mainstream comedy world and turning it upside down. Over the last decade, this comedy outsider has been sharpening his teeth in clubs and festivals all over the world. Rouse has made it his mission to forge a new road and write a new chapter in stand-up comedy. Middle-of-the-road mainstream comedy is left for dead. Instead, this jester from hell has been unleashed onto the international stages with all of the power of a derailed comedy freight train. It is quite an apt description, and I could not have done a better job writing my own description of him. Getting people to laugh is a hard job, and Jason Rouse has never made it easier for himself by looking the way he does and joking about the things you are no longer supposed to joke about. He does not compromise with his comedy. But before we delve into the dark pits of Jason Rouse's life and mind, I want to thank you who supports deconstructive criticism on Patreon via PayPal, Bitcoin, or Swish. O seven six eight nine four three seven three seven, O seven six eight nine four three seven three seven. If you haven't done it yet, please pause this podcast and donate now. If you want something more material for your support other than the warm fuzzy feeling you get from giving me monetary support I suggest you surf on to AaronFlam.com, where I sell wonderful t-shirts with uplifting messages like crush socialism all bite in swedish or this podcast's motto your feeling are hurting my thoughts If you read Swedish, I also suggest you order a copy of the book This is a Swedish Tiger. So far, you can only get it in Swedish, but the translation into English will be done in the coming weeks, and I'm searching The Heavens and Earth for a Publisher in England, the US, Germany, Denmark, Norway, and the Netherlands. Something I'm pretty sure I'll be able to find, considering what a bestseller the book has become in Sweden. The second edition is now sold out, and if you're looking to buy a copy of the third edition in Swedish, I suggest you place your order now, since they are selling like hotcakes. Thank you again for supporting my work. Two more interviews in English from LA will be released in the coming weeks. Next up is Thaddeus Russell. But now... Jason Rouse. Enjoy. Welcome to Deconstructive Criticism, Jason Rouse. <laughs> is this an
1: actual show title or an episode? No, no. This and why is, are you this salivating is... <laughs> as you
0: look across? You've been waiting for this for a long time. This is an actual... Uh, that's,
1: that's the name of the podcast. Is it? Yes. This Deconstructive is I asked, Criticism. So, I should assume... That you're, you know, with your little notebook, you got a whole, this, I'm having like. I have a small notebook and I have a large notebook. All right. the just... large notebook is the notebook full of questions for you, Jason. This scenario, from where I, my perspective, at a glance, and yet I trust you with my life, oddly enough. Well, you have very poor judgment. Nah, I think when it really came down to hard decisions, I know you wouldn't tell on me, Aaron. Right. No, I wouldn't. I'd never tell on you. You're not a tattle, I
0: t- I, When people ask me, does he have hair under that cap? I say, yeah, sure he does. A full head of hair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had hair under that hat since I was seven. That is true. but and I grew I, up I, in I, a chemical wasteland. I, see... <laughs> this is this i'm is, panicking yeah i know
0: you are because you're about to be serious for a few minutes it's like 50 minutes maybe All right. can you can you stay serious for 50 minutes you don't have to i mean but, but we're gonna try Instinctually, i'm an entertainer yeah i you know, know that? that and i i know that because i know you jason and i've tried to tape you four times previously mm. yes it has never never been aired and I'm hoping that this okay. one, this will be the one that we can actually right. air. I'll settle. So you. I know you, but my audience does not know you. So I'll, have, I'll ask you the same question that I ask every guest I have on deconstructive Criticism. It is a very broad question, and you're free to interpret it any way, shape, or form you like. So cool. the question is simply this, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> it's never the question it's the pause
1: <laughs> yeah I, okay so the question who, is this who are you who am I yes you know whatever uh, whatever they say I am <laughs> no don't don't do not do that okay so let's let's do this where do you come from good start because uh, I think that's very poignant in the question you asked me earlier was who am I now I think I would definitely say a lot of the things in the environment in the city that I grew up at that time shaped me into a person that has brought me to this magical place, literally. Oh, okay, so just to be specific, what city was that? That There you go. <laughs> uh, it, it, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. It's about a boot. I'm, I'm having to slide in my Canadianisms. It's in Canada, about an hour outside of Toronto. Worlds apart, uh, especially from... 71 to 93. I was born I actually just celebrated a birthday a week ago. Yes, I know. You turned 48. Is that true? That's true. December or are you uh, like subtracting 40? No, 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 no. Cuz December 31st, 1971 brings us to 48.
0: Yes, it does. Yeah. Uh
1: so uh, was uh, Hamilton a working class city at that Very time? Very much steel town like fucking Fury Road. It was like Fury Road meets you know, my school, when I saw the uh, TV show Orange is the New Black, or Black is, yeah, Orange is the New Black, I was like, that's what my high school was, with, without the jumpsuits. You and, went to high school in a girls' prison. A girls' prison. <laughs> uh, kind of, in a way, because it was high school kids. There was um, a different type of warfare going on there. It was all dudes, and it was probably one of the worst high schools in the country at that time. Not to mention, uh, I think they just somebody sent me a bulldo a picture of it. Bulldoze, they just grasped it. It'd been closed for a number of years, and uh, but between a city of like, dude, I was like Kevin Bacon and Footloose, like, like <laughs> it was fucked. Like you know, the whole my whole academic career was spent in a lot of situations like this with somebody sitting across the table trying to dissect me in some sort of uh, psychological um, um, title. Well, you're very hard to pin down, as you should be, since you're kind of a trickster. I'm not a trickster. I just don't want to be pinned down. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm... Uh, the more people make ideas about me, the more I reject them. And
0: uh, what has that done to you?
1: Rejection?
0: Well, con- considering that I'm sitting in front of uh, a very thin, good looking, healthy
1: looking man in
0: his I'm Ill, late thank 40s. You, late thank 40s. you for
1: pandering to my ego. Yeah, who I has feel good. <coughs>
0: on him, he's dressed completely in black, uh, hung with pentagrams, <laughs> Satanism symbols. <laughs> you have a thick necklace of silver well, skulls around you know, your neck.
1: But all this stuff at a glance looks very. De- demonic sinister even uh you know what uh a lot of this stuff has very symbolic like this necklace for instance when i first come to los angeles 2001 the national film board of canada was following me around for a year and a half and did a documentary on myself and uh four or five other comics and uh i remember being just in the awe of the idea being in hollywood not to mention a, a very well-known comedy manager was uh, had me in mind for this, and uh, I was doing showcases and what have you. And like I said, Hamilton was such a post-apocalyptic environment. And when I saw this necklace in a jewelry store, I remember it was during Passover because these old broads gave me a cut. They go, give me a Passover special. I'm like, perfect. I'll take the Passover special. <laughs> so, you, All right. I remember there are two sisters and they were fucking hilarious in this jewelry store. I'll go in there. I, I bet you these old broads still fucking work there. And I was already 90% sold on the item. It's a silver chain with some skulls on it. I've had it on since my first trip to LA in 2001. And uh these two fucking Abbott and Costello old broads uh, were making me laugh so much. It was just, I felt, uh, it was the right thing to do, and I've never taken it off. It's kind of a, a lucky charm. Now, on a table, it looks like Satan's anal beats, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. But, uh, and always the, the, uh, the dark colors just got to, uh, it became practical. You know, as a traveler, I didn't want to have to mishmash. I wanted to look, you know, uh, uh polished and professional on stage, and I didn't want to have a costume changes of fucking colors and bullshit. So it started to come back to my, skatey skateboard uh, um Metallica obsessions of the 80s you know so i kind of went back to that and it just seemed to make more sense so always something shiny and silver and as black as i can find so much so that there's parts of the year well i'll get a bucket and pour in black dye and throw all my clothes in it to get it back to dead but when did you start doing comedy it's actually june of this year will be 25 years so, how old were you, were you when you started? I was twenty-five. That's pretty old, isn't
0: it? I was twenty-seven, so I'm not. I I, it's not like I'm throwing was, stones it in was glass
1: houses. Perfect sort of timing. It really. I was lucky to get it at twenty-five, because I think when I left Hamilton, when I fled my hometown, uh, I don't know if you can see my nose, but it's been crushed a couple of times, broken hands, uh, stabbed, stitches. Uh, beer bottles you know my my body in my 20s was like of a longshoreman who would just been in bar fights most of his life and because you had been in bar fights most of your life no no not so much so i learned very early on that my uh you know your quick mouth uh yes and no that got me into trouble when i was drunk but i had a kind of um a, a crew of people around me that were very serious Folks, so i never really ran into that the, the one-on-one stuff but i i saw enough of it and because of my reputation in the company i kept uh no one really fucked with me at all and i had to reinvent myself you know i started comedy in vancouver with seth rogan was you know really he had started we were in open mics together we took but I he was, must have been much younger than you right? yeah yeah he's uh there was a comedy workshop. I didn't know, any, my, like I said, I left Hamilton. 25 years old. No. Uh, with just a, a, th- Your pockets are filled with nothing but dreams. I was 22 when I left Hamilton and I had to, I spent to move to Vancouver and then I spent like, I literally a, a two year period leading up to my first stand-up performance trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted, what really made me happy and started trying to uh, attract those type of things. but and, how
0: did you think up how, how
1: did you come to the conclusion that comedy was something you wanted to try? Because I love the aspect. It was the only thing that I had kind of any kind of control over in my life. I grew up in very you know, turbulent thing, and that's what allowed me to be a bit of a, a social chameleon. A lot of my social circles are very over the bend. You'd have no idea. <laughs> Of. I would have no idea Well, I think you can speculate but my reach is far and wide, Aaron I bet By now you probably ha- have been uh, voted
0: onto the Royal Fisting Society of <laughs> Great Britain <laughs> and, and everything below that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But <clears throat> but I, I'm just trying to understand
1: So, So were you always funny? No, I was always a shit disturber I think probably the result of some sort of post traumatic stress you know people develop quirks and and um personality traits through experiences they have as they move through life yes and i wasn't going to kill people so <laughs> i had to make them laugh all right and, and 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 but did you
0: discover that you had this talent or because you are talented i had the
1: talent the the aspect to get people's attention and then once i had eyes on me it would put me in a position of pressure to manifest something in a, in a negative or positive and, and to trial and error, probably as a kid too, you know. And then, you know, a lot of late night comedy that I was seeing, but then I'd see a little bit of San Kinison or these kind of like explosive off the rails while talking Red Fox, you know. I always loved the 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 kind of, heroin, jazz, Lenny Bruce thing. I thought that was, that's fucking legit. That's cool. And uh, I wanted to to do that where friends of mine were getting married and and things like that or grateful to have a job in a factory, which I I have no problem any hard labor. You know what I mean? You want to avoid it, but you don't. No, I didn't want to avoid it. I thought I, I was too smart for it. Okay. I was too smart to do, and I've had jobs, and I'd go by, if someone said, hey, can you come and help me put a roof on for, for a month, uh, I'd be like, yeah, let's do that. I'm glad you mentioned uh, two of your uh,
0: references, because that was, in fact, my next question. If I was a roofer? N- no. <laughs> no, uh, you mentioned Sam Kinison and Lenny Bruce. Yeah. I, I was going to ask I was you, like, what I, are your comedic references? My comedic references, you know, in stand-up? Any comedic references? I'm trying to find
1: um, out who listen, you are as a comedian. Idolized, you know. I love the 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 song and dance man of Martin Short. Uh, um, coincidentally, from my hometown, really, Eugene Levy. From the hammer. That's what N- we call Hamilton. No,
0: no, no. For real? Yeah, for real. So so ha- Hamilton is, is like a, a, a place Don't with a disproportionate disproportionate amount of Pressure comedians. Come makes <laughs> Pressure makes <But> diamonds. Pressure makes diamonds. Martin Short came from Hamilton.
1: Very much so. He I- went to um McMaster he Uh um fuck Westdale High School. He went to Westdale High School. Oddly enough, my uh you know, and I love that Martin Short actually helped me get my scholarship to Humber College in Toronto for acting, writing, and performance. So you have gone to college? A college let you I, in? I was asked to leave high school after year five. My principal, <laughs> my principal pulls it out and goes, look, this is how many credits you need a year. Okay, this is what you have. Um, we're not doing this another year. You got to get the fuck out of here. This is like three months in. And then they start to come revisit the torture that I've put the school through for courses of the year. And uh, indirectly. You stayed just to annoy them. I didn't have anyone else to go. There was was no like, oh, you know, I quickly realized. I remember one kid, because it was a a shop school. Um, uh, What do you call it? Where you learn to do... Trade uh, school. Yeah. Things with your hands. Coconut College. uh, 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 dum dum School. All this stuff. There was two male school and one female school. The the female... All the chicks were six months pregnant in high school. There was like a baby uh, care center in this high school. It was fucked. And there was our school, our school, and then there was another school, Albion. So it was Parkview and Albion. I don't know what Albion is now, but it was like it was awful. It was awful. Anyway, what was the uh, the question? Was what are your comedic references? Ah, Martin Short. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: that is incredible. Because I would say, yeah, you're very
1: much not like each other at all. Not at all. But that's fine, though. I, I appreciate things that I'm not. You know what I mean? If I can. But see Sam it. Kinison. Sam Kinison is. You know, I was in, raised who by. Who was a that for someone who doesn't know? Sam Kinison. Um, was like he's up there, you know. He's up there. He's in the With Bill Hicks and Yeah, yeah, totally. And just for his he was a real deal wow man and unfortunately he died after he'd gotten sober. And after you know, he got sober. Yeah. I thought Coke killed him. No, it was a, a car accident. Oh really? Yeah. So um I still uh mark his birthday down in my um uh calendar notifications to uh to see some true rebels in in a You know, it's like... uh, um, um, So who was Sam Kinison?
0: If you were to describe him to someone who's never seen or heard of him.
1: Explosive. He yelled a lot. He did. And you know, on paper, as you would see a Stephen Wright or an Emo Phillips, Sam was very much the yin to that yang. Where even some of the, you know, there's very few iconic bits on his... Thing, but what he did was very poignant, as is Dice. You know what I mean. I, I I was lucky enough to have Andrew Dice Clay introduce me on his special for Showtime. I got to do uh, probably my best performance today uh, on someone else's show and was definitely the last time I do any guest appearances on anyone else's shows. I've been lucky enough to do things on HBO. And it's part of a, a, an X-rated TV horseshit package. Um, So um, to have D- Andrew Dice Clay introduce me and then rock that room, so much so where they had to recut the show. If you see the special in its entirety, Dice comes out and there's two mics on. The guys following me were a double act, and they had to recut the show. So there's continuities askew there, but my set was so strong and bold. And, you know, I was from another trajectory. People were totally – you know, you
0: I I've seen you, I love you, that's why I, you. I have you on the show. Sure. Because you're one of the few living comedians I know that I consider I, I consider you one of the best at least crowd workers I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I
1: appreciate that. And um that's from growing up in a hostile environment to develop that skill set to um to be able to deal with, you know, serious people that are not really set. They're not wired to laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's shameful to them. It means they lose Vulnerability, yeah. totally. And so I had to create a scenario that was so horrific that they couldn't ignore it. And it was even worse than anything they'd wanted to do to me. I'm like, you want to see? I'll show you. Daddy's got a whole bag of rattlesnakes and baby heads in here. I'll shake it all out. Um, And, uh, yeah, yeah. That's why I get a little fucky with young comics or Yeah, I do comedy like you. And I go, no one does comedy like me. No one does. I've comedy. looked. Yeah. I've went everywhere. And my special's coming out this year. Yeah, I was going
0: to ask you about that <laughs> at the end of the show anyway. You have to have some fucking faith in me, Jason. I get <laughs> it. <laughs> so, I get it. So uh, did you idolize uh, Sam Kinnison and Lenny no, Bruce?
1: No, I didn't even really, um, you know, ah, uh, ah. Uh, Red Fox and and these, these these like I just remember parts of my family that had like and just people in general would have records that you're not supposed to play. That's where the bad records are. And we're like, what the fuck are the bad records? I I want the bad records, yes. you know. Um, so these people that were uh, had these kind of rock star villain status. I was like, oh, that's how you be the Rolling Stones. That's how you be Led Zeppelin. That's how you be Black Sabbath. So uh, you started imitating. And no, in the very beginning, Jim Carrey was probably the most influential comedic person. Also a Canadian. He is <laughs> from 20 minutes from where I grew up. He's from Aldershot. They say Toronto, but he spent a lot of time working in a factory when he's 15. Uh, in older shot. shitty factory. A lot of it. American comedians are Canadian. <laughs> a lot of American comedians are Canadian. Very well that's the sweet in you. You're very fucking Alan Key, and then we'll turn that around, but it all has to fit together, you <laughs> fucking weirdo. Well, Mike Myers, Don Aykroyd. Yeah. Lorne Michaels is Yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Kids you were in the Hall. Absolutely. Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, definitely. All Canadian, Yeah. I we that's the only thing we have. Norm MacDonald. A... Fucking right, Norm MacDonald. Holy Shit! Come on, I can already see the blood came back in your face. Yes. Who doesn't
0: absolutely love Normanton? Holy shit! He's his a... his special He's... me doing stand up from two thousand and eleven, I think, is probably one of the best specials ever made. Okay, I'm sorry, I haven't seen yours yet. No, but we're no, getting no, no, we're no, no, getting no. to that because no. you were 25 and you moved to Vancouver yeah. and you started dating Seth Rogen. <laughs> Here's our son. It's Baby Yoda. Are you happy,
1: <laughs> you fucking nerds?
0: We are. <laughs> Trust uh, me, we are. On no, behalf I, of all nerds, we I are moved, very happy.
1: I was I moved to Vancouver when I was twenty two and I started comedy when I was twenty June 26, ninety six. I
0: can't tell you what date you started comedy in what year. I barely remember my own life. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved to Vancouver to get out of your social circle and then you start doing
1: comedy. Changed my environment. Started doing comedy. I didn't know what, what was what. I'd seen some on, in Canada there was um uh, uh, Amy at the improv equivalent, which was comedy at Club 54, which was like Burlington. That was the next town over from me. And I kind of grew up on this show. I'd be on late at night, uh, on the, uh, kind of just in the, uh, province of Ontario. It was a very, uh, East Coast centric late night comedy show. And Ben would go up and host it. And there'd be some Canadian acts and some American acts. And I didn't know there was Canadian comedy. Like, to see, ah, this guy's a regular, blah, blah, blah. He's originally from Calgary, Alberta. And uh, he come out, and this guy with a Canadian accent would start doing comedy based on Canadian uh, sensibilities. And Montreal, just for last festival. But what I'd seen, uh, it, a lot of it was corny and in in kind of, come on. I, and I get it. It was bland, But I didn't know that there was these kind of rules. Like, there was the Sam Kinison records, and then there was, like, the, the late night... TV sets that you might see on Carson. But uh, outside of the late-night talk show, some of them be a little more edgier. You might hear Fuck There or Sexual Reference and stuff. And then these uh, records like Red Fox and Lenny and so on, Richard Pryor and uh, Eddie Murphy. You know, Eddie Murphy, uh, I love that, you know. He's getting back into comedy oh, please, now. Please, Eddie, save us from ourselves. You think he will? Chappelle's been I carrying a will. hard weight. And he, he needs some... So, but,
0: but is Seth Rogen Canadian, by the way? Vancouver. No, for real? Yeah, man. Okay. So, so you started doing comedy. You were in some sort of competition with him. No,
1: it was a uh, a workshop, and I'd procrastinated, and procrastinated, and I I really put myself in a position of humiliation because I told people I was getting, I was doing comedy already to give myself some sort of a uh, uh, social exile if I'd known as a, a liar. And um, I uh went down to the club that I heard it was the punchline our punchlines punchlines in Gastown and I went and it closed. I was like, "No. Oh no. I'm fucked. I've come out here. I've told everybody I'm doing comedy and I guess it it's over." You know, I'm going to really just stick to my job at the so-and-so. I really don't know. And then I looked into the Yuck Yucks comedy chain. And then when I searched the comedy club, they had all their comedy clubs. All of their comedy clubs except three were in the province that I grew up in. So Ottawa, Toronto, Windsor, Mississauga, London, blah, 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 all these clubs. And I'm like, oh, dude, there's only like an hour from each other at the most. To, from Toronto, from Hamilton down to, uh, but now you're in Vancouver, right? Now so I'm in Vancouver. On and the other the, side of the country. Other side of the country. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I've got a one way ticket and, uh, a fistful of cash with my crazy friend who's since become an actor and finally uh, pulled that together because, uh, there's a lot of, uh, procrastination on both parties because we came from a working class environment. And there was none of that, you know. I hid the idea of it from my family for like two or three years until I started to get on television, won some awards and shit. You can't really be on <laughs> <the> TV <laughs> like what? No, mom, no, that's not me, Mom. It's
0: just some guy no. who really looks like me, has the same name, and says yeah, fuck a lot. That's not me. That guy's
1: smiling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, So, uh, again, you're going to have to reboot these questions back to me, or I just... No, you're in
0: Vancouver. You're 25. The place that you wanted to do stand-up has closed down. I'm horrified. Yes, because you've lied to all your friends and said you're in comedy. I
1: said I've been doing it, and I'd have something coming up. Now I really don't know. This is like, you know, this is 90, uh, 95. And there's no real smartphones then? or No, none of that shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. A, there of was that. no, uh, I never knew. Practically a, no internet. Yeah. <laughs> and then we made our own horseshoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um So I found out there was a number or something. I called there and they said, no, they, the club had a business, but there's some other comedy clubs. I went back to the original source because somebody had told me or I saw a sign about a workshop at this other club and then ended up going to the Yuck Yucks in Vancouver. Which was at the uh, old uh, uh, Olympic Expo uh, 86 grounds, and there was a nightclub, and never forget this too, the the Yuck Yucks comedy club. So I found out the guy had uh, moved the workshop to the Yuck Yucks. He said, "Oh, this new guy's doing it," um, and um, they've they've uh, he's doing it over here at this other club called Yuck Yucks. So I went in, did this thing. There was a half a dozen of us, and. Uh, I remember meeting Seth and I have a videotape of the showcase with Seth. And anyway, he went off and made movies, I think. I don't know. I don't know. And um, uh, yeah. And then I did my first gig and just really had a kind of epiphany. I go, okay, this is the shit I want to shovel for a change. I never liked the boss. I never liked authority. I never liked getting up early, yet I only sleep for maybe six to seven hours a night um, because I know that there's other time I have to, you know, I've been my own manager and agent for 15 years now since I left Europe. And... um so there's a lot of hours and day. As beautiful as this is, like people should honestly like the view from this. We're literally in a spaceship over a giant wedding cake. It is delicious.
0: I will explain it in the introduction.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's stellar. But this is every place I live. Ju- you literally live like I live just over there. Yeah, I know. It's fucking retarded. I live next to uh, um. A park that looks like Jurassic Park. And yet, park. it took Ming like eight minutes to get you up here. Ming was doing his best. He was very—he uh, was doing damage control in the car, and I respected him for that. How are you? It's a little busy out here. I can see how he's got that five-star rating. And his accent was terrible. It's everything that you thought stereotypically could be. But you know, A for effort, Ming. So you do a workshop. You showcase, you start off
0: and then you I, become, because you're still a AAA rated comedian in Canada.
1: Well, that's the thing. There was a rating system. you know. Well, I go back to Hamilton and live on my mother's couch for like a year so I could uh, have the, the flexibility of eating up 10 shows. You know, I was doing like 30 shows plus a month. I tell comics so what advice can be. I go do comedy three nights a week for a year and a half and then ask me another question because i can't tell you anything between then you don't yeah. know if you're fucking facing the stage the right way i can't help you tune your shitty guitar you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean i don't even know if you have a guitar right <laughs> yes. yeah it's true right so yes. uh i was speaking metaphorically but that's uh, definitely um a- a- an issue i remember a comic telling ron Bodry saying that uh He goes, why don't you get another guitar and you could use those both as crutches. (laughs) (laughs) The kid went up, did Adam Sandler's songs, destroyed this college pub. Oh, really? Yeah, destroyed it. (laughs) Girls wanted to fuck him. Guys wanted to be him. And then an old road dog from Canada goes, get another guitar. (laughs) You fucking hack. <laughs> and then all the kids like, fuck you, mister. Like, fuck you. Yeah, anyway,
0: I love that. Because I was 25. I hadn't started doing comedy. I was doing a foreign exchange student year in Canada at University of Western Ontario. That's right. That, and that I went to a Yuck heart. Yucks. I didn't even know what a Yuck Yucks was. Uh, Wait, yours is this? This is 2002, Jason.
1: 2002. This is and just the before skinny, I moved to
0: Europe. Why?
1: So you saw it? I saw you. Yes. Now was this up at on Young Street? Of course it was Young Street. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I laid down the law. Well, you had
0: one good joke. I remember. I, I I still remember. I bet it was about your friend who had gone to a psychologist uh, and to try and get medicine because he heard voices in his head. (laughs) And then you just start yelling, "Those are thoughts, you idiot! Those are thoughts." You're hearing thoughts. <laughs> because I a they, weren't, they, they weren't... Um, you, you also informed the audience that they weren't bad voices. It's not like, kill the baby, kill the baby. It, yeah, 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 it was yeah. like he could stop in a shop window, see his reflection, and hear the voice in his head say,
1: you look good today. That was a good time. You saw me at a good time. I was probably a little uh, um, schizophrenic at that time. Because <laughs> I just... Um, I was in college... No, that was 2000. I was just lost. <laughs> I think I was reveling in, in in my complacentness of having no opportunities. I'd run out of things. and But uh, you made it quite quickly in Canada, didn't you? I was the fastest headliner in the history of Canadian comedy. Canadian comedy.
0: A very short history.
1: And I only say that because I can bookend that with, I won like uh, a Gemini award, which would be considered like an American Emmy Award. I don't know why these Canadian-American comparisons, but um, it was the highest. The only person that had won that award before me was Jeremy Hotz, And, uh... Those Jeremy Hotz was the Is he first. also Canadian? Yeah, he's. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, Ottawa. <laughs> I mean, in Sweden, no one would know him, but I, I, I actually
0: managed to download his special when internet was new. Yeah, and I liked great. him a lot.
1: He's the king of Montreal, you know, of like galas and, 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 and a legend and helped me get my immigration lawyer. Around 2002, I saw him in Bally's Fitness at the Eaton Center in Toronto. And I was just like, people were taking pictures of me on public transit and like asking me for autographs and shit. And I'm I'm broke, you know. And I'm fucking. I just won this Gemini Award, and I'm like, even my mentor and friend Mark Breslin put his arm around me. Like I won this huge award uh, for my television special, and Mark put his arm around me. And goes, if this was the states, you'd have four agents, two managers, and a whole bunch of development deals. People trying to. And I, I became. But it was Canada. So it was Canada. You it, just got the award. Just got the award. It and then they very sent nice. you on your way. Yeah, it's like the, you're good. Go sit on the bench. And I'd had Lauren Michaels' attention uh, from um, uh, being nominated for this Phil Hartman Memorial thing. And uh, but when I started to see this Saturday Night Live camp and various agencies poking around me at that level of Canada. Yet I couldn't go to the States because I had an ex-girlfriend call U.S. Customs on me, and that's why I went, moved to London, found out my uh, ancestry grandfather, English, grandmother, Irish. My grandfather's uh, birth of Grimsby, England, just outside of Manchester, if I remember. So then you moved to England for like 10 years? Uh, I moved to England for six years, just about six years. So that gave me the immigration lawyer... Shout out to uh, Ralph Aaron Price. He's done a lot of Canadian comics. Um, Harlem Williams, another Canadian. I, did, I don't know Harlem Williams, sorry. Cop who drank the piss in Dumb and Dumber. Okay, I do know him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about this business. Who is it? Oh, you know, the guy who drank that piss in that movie. Oh, which guy? <laughs> I know four of those guys.
0: No, I remember that scene. I know- he, j- he just lets them drive on.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get
0: the hell out of here,
1: man. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Harlan's great. So, and he has one of these views too. Um, So I... And he got that view from drinking piss in a movie?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He totally, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. How did you get this marvelous view of Los Angeles, Harlan? He's done a bunch
1: of other stuff since... uh, I'm
0: sure. I But I'm... Yeah. Totally. It looks... So may I ask you, uh, because you're... You do one of the darkest comedy sets I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: It's like it's funny super, too. super super duper dark. It's horrifically hilarious. Yes. I like the I like the, you know, the context of like you know Evil Dead. I do know. And the demons in the basement and she claws up through the door and then the guy fucking jumps on the latch and the comes down and blows the fucking eye out and it lands in the guy's mouth. There's two people in that room, laughers and not laughers. And I love that divide. It's a great divide and you could see relationships separating <laughs> in the audience. Yeah. And I think that's there's three shows going on. There's there's me, the people who've never seen me before and the people who've come to watch the people who've never seen me before. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and it is like watching. It's like a. 50 it's minute... exhilarating to watch you perform. I like to create a, a, a the slowest stillborn birth with a laugh track behind it for fifty minutes. Tonight,
0: when we both perform, I want you to go up after me because I do not want to follow you.
1: Oh, I'll that probably be... bomb. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually uh, you know the improv. I really like that club. It's the closest thing to home. Uh as a as a uh it's the it's the American blueprint of stand up comedy. Yeah, but we're first. not in the main room now, we're in the lab. That's fine. It's like being at a Starbucks where there's no espresso machine. The lab has weird energy, does it not? <sighs> yeah, it's weird. It's like And then you go up on stage awkward. and it gets weirder. Well, yeah, because that's a very personal place. That place, you know, you can uh uh People are so sensitive here. Ugh, I'm going to throw up.
0: That was actually my next question. Because you do the darkest comedy I've almost ever seen. I mean, there are a few of us. I always
1: show up where they don't want me.
0: Yes, but uh, have you noticed in the last 10 years or so
1: uh, that PC culture is getting worse or better? I think it's folding over on itself. Now, I don't know if it's going to spin out. Like it a, is going to spin out, I It has tell to you. spin out, but that's where nature and chaos come into play because uh, fucking a tsunami there, a fucking fire there. People start to get their shit lined up very quickly. A genocide over here, you know, it, it, as it starts to move closer to the eye of the pyramid, uh, people are going to start burning down these castles and uh, people really like their homes around here. But if it goes Mad Max and then fucking aliens show up, I don't know. Well, that yeah. was coherent. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a translator. What Jason's going
0: Jason is probably just staring off into the future, which in his case future. is always apocalypse tinted. Now, what I was going to... So, okay, so let's um, try and, and, and focus. This is a
1: again. goddamn trial. Let's
0: try and focus again. So, in your opinion, what is comedy? I'm comedy. yes but I started out by asking who are you what are you and now you and and you didn't want to explain that and now I'm asking you (laughs) what comedy is in your opinion and you say you are comedy I accept that I believe you might be yeah I I'm in it you are all the time I know it's impossible to get you serious for long enough to conduct normal fucking. Of course, fucking my, I
1: hang out with crazy people on and so many levels. I see it as crazy people are hanging out with you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, totally. Because I don't, uh, I, I don't shame them uh, as long as there's respect. They can be as weird, and, and and
0: this time around, this is the fourth time I'm to L.A. I always go to the comedy store. You're always there. Mm-hmm. This time, the first person you introduced me to calls herself Miss a cunt puncher or something oh
1: tokyo (laughs) cunt punch yeah (laughs) she's a hooker in a comic
0: i think you said what's the difference
1: yeah tell me about it except i push back so you think that uh, pc
0: is ending now so what's the state Ah, of what's the state of comedy here now listen
1: pc call it fucking whatever these banners are just getting people to get position under a, a, a fucking sinking ship like what do you mean by that? <laughs> I'm
0: not I'm not trying to get you into trouble. You usually manage no, you can't, all uh, by yourself. You can't,
1: I'm I'm bulletproof. <laughs> my 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 opening act is uh a, a I'll black... take you to a
0: gun range tomorrow and let's test that oh, hypothesis. I would love
1: to go to a gun range. To test the hypothesis that you're bulletproof? No, no, I mean like outside of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> no, not... but so what is the state of comedy here now? State is whatever people want to perceive it i don't I don't really use their compasses and and tuning forks is it I have my own shit. no I know you you
0: have, but you have to have some analysis of what's going on don't you I mean when you go up, how many anti-trump jokes do you do I don't even discuss it no of course not.
1: <laughs> I don't even. I. I You're never, talking about fisting. I never. So who talked has about, time for Trump? I never talked about Canadian politics. There was no. That was those political. Uh, um, <clears throat> listen, I I deal with it on a one to one basis personally. A, a lot of these people that have spoken about morality and 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 in comedy and they're. They're really looking at the... They're policing the wrong thing. Why? Because the comics are the only not fake news. <laughs> you know but what I mean? But we say lies on stage, don't We'd we? We totally see lies. And then there's there's always a, up for... Uh, it comes down to the intent of it, you know? And some people's intents are malicious and clearly there to aggravate them. You know what I mean? Is uh, uh, um, to... But they're not a uh, – the c- comedy world has a good way of policing itself globally. Yeah, I I would say it does because you know, either you make people laugh or you don't. If there were some people um, doing unsavory things maliciously, you know, uh, they, they get exiled, man. They get pushed out. Oot. So that that climate is always changing, though. But that's like a, a a thermostat that I can observe and and adjust accordingly. But um, I don't see it. Though. I don't see these lines that everyone's drawing. I've never acknowledged them. They were never part of what I wanted to do. Nor should you. If you are comedy, you're supposed to jump lines. Totally. And those those lines, I because I don't uh, acknowledge them that um the intent is always genuine so i have no concerns about what the other people are doing aaron's interviewing a vampire right now
0: <laughs> so the cameraman just came into the podcast yeah and uh, when a camera is pointed at jason he starts performing it's instinctually
1: but yes. uh we are um yeah but i answered your question did you do
0: you remember what
1: the question was? Yeah, what do I think of the climate of stand-up comedy? And it varies, you know. So, uh, so from you- city to city, everyone has their kind of, you know, superstitions and in, and in, in politics and and ideas. But I've gone out of my way to be so globalized um, on my own steam, so that I had a more of a broader sense of really what was going on everywhere. And uh, from dealing with my friends that are local comedians, they're very in tune, like, you know, I asked you about what's going on in Sweden right now and how fucked it is. And I'll go to you tenfold before I go to any respectable media source and get a more uh, realistic view on what's what.
0: Sweden is on fire
1: right now. Yeah, I know. And that's what really surprised me because it was like kind of a second home for me for a long time. And I still consider it is. But, um, you know, my opening act had a hard time getting into the city. I had to cancel a gig in Malmö. Why? Because me coming back into Sweden to do the Melmo gig, uh, because my opening act had been a, uh, questionable for whatever reason. Um, that they uh, they gave me a real hard time and weren't going to let them in the country. Well, I, my name had been brought up, and I didn't want to risk the gig that I had at a music festival to go and do some gig in Malmo, so I had to cancel. All right, unfortunately. And i I've, I've I think I've canceled gigs maybe fucking three or four times in over two decades. Yeah. So, but but do you, th- do, you th- do you think they me. pushed you into canceling the gig? No, I didn't want to risk the fact that I couldn't show up for the big music festival in Denmark the following day. So I had to go into Sweden and then come back, do it. And I didn't want to risk this big gig that they had been paid for. You know, they, they'd taken good care of me. And as much as I, you know, I have no career moves of doing... So
0: it. how come? Because you lived in Sweden, but you did your special
1: in Denmark. I did my special in Denmark. Why? Why Denmark? It, wh-
0: why not Sweden?
1: Oh, fuck. Tell me. <laughs> that'd be like that's almost worst case scenario
0: yes do you understand how hard my job
1: is jason (laughs) i get it that's why i'm giving you the time of the day i get it you know it's a hard we got some everyone's got some big lifting to do before we're demise uh i can see it coming this tsunami of horseshit um My head hurts. What did you say earlier? (laughs) No, I
0: said you chose, even though you lived in Sweden for many years, Uh, you chose to record your comedy special, your first full-length comedy special.
1: Uh, No, no, no. No, your first
0: foreign comedy special. Yes. Or your first Danish comedy special in Denmark and not Sweden. Why?
1: Uh, Because Because you lived in Sweden. I did. But you recorded in Denmark. I did. So why? Because Sweden sucks for comedy. Why? Because of what we were discussing earlier, this overcompensation at the expense of, like, feelings (laughs) 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 and vulnerability. I get it, you know.
0: You think it's that or the fact that we just don't have freedom of speech and can't say whatever we
1: want? Look, if I start talking on a subway in uh, Slusen or something uh, uh, on a Sunday, people will turn around because they hear a voice, opposed to, um, yeah, it's just culturally it's not... Yeah. It's, it's not... too easy to, it's too busy. Look at white girls in their 20s hate me. Why? Because I pull my cock out and put it on the window of their car. You do not. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I used to. No,
0: you didn't. I have. Well, maybe once, when but I, it was a guy knew, in the car. All right, so, <laughs> so, terrible so, so you did record it in Denmark and it went well, right? Well, because great. Danes are laughers.
1: Danes are wild. And I told, uh, there's actually a joke. Uh, I go, the best way to get somebody from Denmark to like something is tell them that somebody in Sweden hates it. <laughs> but and it's true, is they it go, not? They go, yeah, that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. They think you're, uh, you know, they, they go, the guys are kind of queer. <laughs> and, you know, they're just... They're, the and nice. they're a bit stiff. They're, they're totally stiff. Look at your furniture.
0: But the Danes have very, are very rich- stylish... Uh, clean they're design they're furniture as well so. you know look it
1: iceland is a, spe- a, spe- a spice, a spice? spice i'm slipping into various dialogues here uh and i smell burnt toast i think that's from a stroke isn't
0: it a stroke or a brain tumor look at finland.
1: finland finland is great finland isn't it great. but they're not scandinavian yeah, you're like a wizard to those people <laughs> you know <laughs> it, it, what do you mean <laughs>
0: I love them. You like them?
1: Oh, I love them. Hey, Finland's got like... This is part of the reason we're talking about Swedish comedy. Finland has like four comedy festivals. Yes. Even though it's a much smaller... Sweden has none. Yes. Denmark has a a good one. Yeah. Probably will be more. And you've been to Norway, right? Many times. They laughed there. I'll be in Norway uh, the first two weeks of June. But you're not coming back to Sweden. I'm going to be in Sweden. I'm going to come and see you fuckers. Uh, In the middle of June, I'll be in Sweden. But will you perform i'll probably do an open mic i'm not i'm not interested i look at it as a holiday and to hang out with my buddies and be around some because the you come to
0: sweden to not hear the sound of laughter for a while
1: (laughs) (laughs) no but yet there's very good pockets of fans that i have like loyal fans you know um
0: i know we have a death metal scene
1: that's right right I remember you... Uh, I'm
0: not sure they think you're doing comedy, though. I, remember, I don't know what they think roast, you're doing.
1: Yeah. my roast, yeah. you go, how many people here have a job? Put up their hands. <laughs> <laughs> of it was a good roast. It was great. I agree. And, uh, uh, you know, I remember Bamberg and all that. It was, uh, it was yes. cool. It was cool. It was very uh, funny. Yeah, and I wouldn't... Have, it was just the, everybody on there were all my friends, so... I love Bamberg calling out Pritchard from the audience. You have to kill Al Pritchard if you want to work in this town now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bamberg goes, I don't know if, no. Yeah, anyway, the, because of the overcorrection over-corre- of, of uh, safety and standards and things, that's what I'd like. Be, um, that, that clinical aspect of it, if Swedish culture is something that I, I enjoy in the summer. In the summer. Yeah. Yes. In the summer. I've done enough. And not Swedish for comedy. Lectures, enough for comedy. You know, I can kind of go at my leisure and say, so, oh, you come down. and uh, We're going to do this, that. And I do a couple of rounds of people who showed me love when I'd first come there, you know. But uh, it's not a career move or a money maker. Yet the money that I accumulate through in Denmark, I've sold like, I don't know, 20,000 tickets, maybe more collectively. You know, I had the. This, the first tour we did there, we sold second to Jerry Seinfeld for uh, international stand-up comics. It's probably the half a dozen comedians that had come there from outside of uh, Scandinavia. Um, but that Zulu, and I think it was um, Magnus Batner had made a reference. Uh, they were looking for international guys to do the Zulu Gala at the Royal Opera House and i was kind of the staple guy for until al showed up yeah. started his family it was a good time for me i got out and he took the clean you know family oriented comedy uh into the next level which very much was um compliant to the swedish disposition where i was like into like the black metal aspect of it <laughs> the art form they uh, uh, either or um so, uh, but Denmark was always a wild place. Like, and and, and my audience is way more diverse. Um, it reminded me of all the cool parts I liked about Canada in in one city for the most part, and they were very welcoming. And it just I had done that uh, Royal Opera House show at the Zulu Gala, and this kid. Fucking messages me. Hey, uh, I didn't know he was a child until I got off the fucking airport. He's like twenty one. He's like, I'm gonna. Uh, are you interested in doing the tour? And I'm like, ah, I'm here. Kind of just moved to LA. i A. I'm trying to look establish myself here. And um, he says, well, uh, blah blah blah. I think we can do this, this, and this. And I go, that's great. But um, listen, if you meet my bottom line, I'm willing to go into business with you and see what what show sold out. Showed out and applaud uh, Mr. Uh, Cohen Wolf um, Jonathan, my business partner and friend whos I've almost made had nervous breakdowns and were tell uh, too nervous to go on. He spent like weeks promoting, setting up interviews, and flyers, taking very well care of me and uh, uh without his hard work, we wouldn't have done all those great things. And, so what's the name of the special? I think I'm going with Sveen. With what? S-V-I-N, S- pig. Okay, pig. Why? Because I think the word pig in my mind is like a... Have you ever seen a John Waters movie? Not sure. Do you know who John Waters is? Not sure. He did Pink Flamingos with the vine with that transvestite who ate the dog shit off the ground. Pretty sure I haven't. It's kind of like a um, – uh, 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 you could probably articulate this a little better than me, but like somebody who just rolls around in their own shit. All right. Yes. So I've taken all of the things and ideas and made them into my own toilet, and I'm rolling around in it. You can look if you want. Oh, I, I will look at yours. No, special. I mean that generally to anybody. You can look <laughs> in my toilet.
0: I, 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 I'm sure I could. You still send me a lot of poopy pictures.
1: I have like three photos on my phone. Anybody who knows me, it's Boomer's asshole. Yep. The woman who has eaten poo. Which there's been a long debate whether or not it's a woman. We don't even know what year it is. <laughs> With the glasses, those, yeah. does she play racquetball or some sort of... No one knows. No one knows. And yeah, so Mrs. Shit Whiskers. Uh, boomer's asshole, aka the the gaper, and what's the third one? Probably a, an old cunt or something like that. It looks like a a werewolf's bullet hole. <laughs> it's really bad.
0: Yes, yeah, it is. Uh, so swine—that's the name of yeah. your comedy special. big
1: I thought about different names and and uh, ideas and stuff. I want to keep the simplicity of it. I love the the single word uh, aspect of it. And uh, it looks cool on paper.
0: I'm sure it does. Uh, and when it's when does it come out?
1: There's a lot of things that are in transition right now. It will be out this year. Okay. I, I'll tell you some things off camera. I can't really discuss right now. Okay, there's, there's but it's going to be
0: probably on the children's network.
1: Children's network. You would think it's even better than that. We'll, <laughs> we get to that anyway. All right. Uh, so,
0: uh, and you're uh, you're you were in a movie now. Recently? I did
1: a movie. Yeah, I did a fucking movie. I did a movie. I did a horror movie where I played a serial killer who kidnaps an all-girl punk rock band and uh <laughs> I cut their fucking arms off and their leg yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's like Saw meets uh Joan Jett and the Wildhearts or whatever, you know. Hmm. Uh it's it's got it's put cool. another dime in the jukebox, baby. When I'd done my television special Early 2000s, there was this man, young man who'd come to my shows and he said he'd worked in various films and television. He just, I just got a good vibe off this dude. And I said, I think we're going to do a horror movie together. And then 15 years later, yeah, something like 15 years later, he, uh we're doing it. So I spent a month on set. I almost went crazy, man. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. It was exhausting. It was like... It really helped me because the girls that were uh, in the band, the actresses, they, they were legit. They were legit. And I learned a lot, I think, about me as an artist and uh, about women that can do shit on another level and be fucking cool. Um, I'd never really seen that because the comedians is at that level, you're dealing with a, a mishmash of, of like exceptional talent and mental illness yes. all spiraled into that. Uh, but these people are so crazy. They're super sharp. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They totally got. So to, uh, luckily, the actresses that I'd done scenes with the most really did some hands-on coaching with me. And uh I remember feeling a little uh lost after coming. Now I'm doing this movie. Now I'm headlining. It was the same week, uh, month, that I was getting ready to do my stand-up special. So it was the movie. Then I had to cram in – uh Six weeks of stand up gigs and then go to Denmark. So I'm still dealing with the aftermath of being in a a, a steel, uh, a big factory for like weeks, chasing people around with fucking axes and sawing their arms and legs off. It was mental. No one, no one. What's the name of the movie? It's called uh, Spare Parts. Good name. Yeah. I, oh man. And then I'm, so it's the last week before I go to, um, Denmark to shoot my special. I got a couple warm up gigs and then we shoot two shows on the night, middle of December, or October. Yeah, December, um, in Denmark. And uh, the police have come to my show the night before. There was a fist fight at the door, and it was. And I was on fire. Like I just come out of Crazy Town, and now I'm doing this uh, serial killer style of stand-up comedy now, because I'm still trying to shake off the old Andy Kaufman <laughs> mojo shit, right? And uh, yeah, so the, the special was good. The first taping was, eh, it had a holes all over the place. it was I was still fucking bugged out because I had to do some last-minute adjustments. I had some financial adv- uh, investors back out and had to finance this whole thing myself. play director and so on and so forth, so uh it's killer man it's killer it's the fucking hardest shit and like especially with the editing aspect when you get to play god with yourself yes and i've pulled the string out and i've cut all the knots out of it it's super tight now it's super tight and it's uh um it's from go there's no turning back but you won't tell me where it will be aired i can't i can't everything's because there's I have to learn how to keep my mouth shut sometimes because there's money involved and I don't care about it. So the people that do get a little pissy. But um <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh but um yeah, it's gonna be cool. So there's I have to do this other thing, part of this thing in April. So realistically at this point right now, uh, it might be out in maybe a Mother's Day. <laughs> what? When is Mother's Day? I think it's in May. Okay. Can you Google that? Uh, no, I, no, uh, I, I, I think w- I'm gonna We're having Mother's a conversation uh, in May. All right. Yeah. Cool. At this point. All right. Unless I get to do anyway, I can't. I'm talking too much. It's <laughs> fine. <Okay>.
0: Um, <clears throat> I think you did well for I did an hour. Good. Yes. I did
1: pretty good. Uh, uh, I did.
0: And, good. Uh, it was a serious conversation. You made almost.
1: No jokes. The The fact that the sun was going down was like... You ever put a blanket over a bird cage. Yes, they That's fall asleep. That's what's happening here. So <laughs> it was uh, like a cold medicine. I was feeling lethargic enough that I could focus. But don't take it personally. Is there
0: anything you think I forgot to ask you?
1: Not really. No? No. You know. Well then. There, yeah. The only thing I had to really promote is that special, which... Um, I have a podcast called Jason Rouse's Safe Word on iTunes that I do periodically, randomly. Where and, you're even uh, less coherent. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a... Uh, I don't like people. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I'm well, not out. I'm not out. I force myself to go... That's why I came up here and did this. Make sure my headache still comes back.
0: I love you, Jason. I, I want to thank you for, you know... Being here for me on the constructive critique.
1: Well, I appreciate that and uh I've always uh respected your intellect and your sense of humor. And uh you know, I remember meeting I wanna say it was the Blue Moon um in Stockholm. I think one of the early Raw's shows in that basement, and I remember sitting in the green room and I'm like i think this is my buddy (laughs) i was out on stage wasn't i no no you were sitting in the green room you had your notepad and you're going over i think i made some comment and you you said something to the effect like this is called preparation or something (laughs) (laughs) And i was like "Ah, back in sweden bang bang bang." bang," you know and you're like just this is preparation (laughs) and that was the end of that yeah i am a a bit stiff I appreciate that uh, stiffness, though. But, you know, a lot of people really throw out a lot of frivolous communication, and um, you uh, you want to be impressed. Well, tonight we are performing both. At the I know, U- that's Club. great. Yes, it is. I wouldn't, you know, uh, that's what I love about this shit. We're here in a palace in the Hollywood Hills. And we're going to go with the fucking OG Comedy Club at the Hollywood Improv on Melrose Avenue tonight with our friends doing what we love it's like have you made it i i made it man i made it
0: i would say you did i don't know about me yet but (laughs) i'm still 10 years younger than you are Thank you for listening to Deconstructive Criticism with this episode's guest, Canadian comedian and enfant terrible Jason Rouse. If you want to know more about Jason, I suggest you check out his website at www.jasonrouse.com. Links will be provided at aaronflam.com, which you will find in the description of this episode, regardless of the platform you're partaking of this podcast. I want to thank you who supports Deconstructive Criticism on Patreon, via PayPal, Bitcoin or Swish, 0768-943737. And if you haven't donated yet, please pause this podcast and do it now. If you want something more material for your support, other than the warm fuzzy feeling you get from giving me monetary aid, I suggest you surf onto AaronFlam.com where I sell wonderful t-shirts with uplifting messages like crush socialism and on the back it says socialism is evil and then I've uh, sort of dotted a heart underneath just to make sure that you understand that we're out for crushing ideas and not people or you can get a t-shirt with my podcast's motto your feelings are hurting my thoughts. If you read Swedish, I also suggest you order a copy of the book This is a Swedish Tiger. So far you can only get it in Swedish, but the translation into English will be done in the coming weeks, and I'm searching the heavens and earth for a publisher in England, the US, Germany, Denmark, Norway, and the Netherlands. Something I'm pretty sure I'll be able to find, considering what a bestseller the book has become in Swedish. The second edition is now sold out, and if you're looking to buy a copy of the third edition, I suggest you place your order now, since they are Selling like hotcakes. Thank you again for supporting my work. Two more interviews in English from LA will be released in the coming weeks. Next up is Thaddeus Russell. I am Aaron Flam. Until you hear from me again, have a good unit of time.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with quince. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. So Robert, tell
0: the people, what's a pretendian? It's just what it sounds like, Angel, a pretend Indian. Someone who fakes being one of us. Someone who impersonates a native. We're talking about real scammers and con artists. There are pretendians teaching at universities, pretendians running governments, pretendians in Hollywood. On our new podcast, Pretendians, we'll tell you the incredible story of these jaw-dropping frauds. Who are they? Why do they do it? And how the heck do they keep getting away with it? Listen to Pretendians on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.